everyone in your contacts. Don't be, don't be reluctant because you don't know how they're going to react or respond. It don't matter. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When the word of God goes forth, it doesn't matter who is on the other end. His word will penetrate. And we're going to have to start believing that God can change the heart of man. We need to stop trying to change the heart of man. We need to start allowing God to change the heart of man. How do we do that? By loving one another. He says, by this they will know that you are my disciples. And how you love one another. And how you treat one another. Until the church gets unified, we'll never unify the broken world. Yeah. It'll be all right this morning. I got something good for you. I'm not stepping on your toes this morning. I'm not going to. This ain't one of them things I'm trying to wake you up on. This is one of those things that God's already put in place. And I have to believe 100% that this is a word for now. It's not only just a word for you, but it's a word for everyone that you know. Because everybody outside of this house right now is facing something and going through something. Just like everyone in this house. And uh, we just need to turn our focus. Well, we're still in a series on redirection. And uh, this is still redirection. When we're talking about God's peace, especially in a time like now, this is still about redirection. Because there's a point in time in our life that we've got to make a choice. And we've got to be able to recognize Christ in it. And allow that hope of Christ, and allow that love of Christ to draw us back to where we left. Because how many of you know God don't leave you, you left him. All right. So when you start feeling uncomfortable and you start feeling alone and you start feeling in despair, it's not because God decided to pick up his lunchbox and go to the house. It was because you picked up your backpack and you left because God will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise from him and that's something you can hang your hat on. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and go to Luke chapter 24, 13 through 35 and then all of a sudden, this scripture hit me, and I probably should have put it in the sermon. I'm sure I'll feed off of it a little bit, too, when the time comes. But John chapter, four, John chapter 14, verse 27, this is what it says. Tommy, you don't have to go there. Just stay where you're going. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, not as the world gives you. He said, my peace I'm going to leave with you. Can you imagine the peace that Jesus walked in when he walked the face of this earth? Can you just, look, we wouldn't have that kind of peace. We would have lost that peace right about the time that they tried to throw you off a cliff. And instead of him just wandering through the crowd and disappearing and going on. We would have lost our peace right there. We would have lost our peace when, when we entered into the garden and we began to pray. and we God, take it from me. I can't handle it. It would be the pressure of life. But Jesus had a peace. It's that same peace. That's the peace that he's talking about. It's the same peace that he said, well, I ain't worried about it because you don't take my life. I, I give it to you. And he had enough peace to be so bold as to say, not only will I lay down my life, but I'm going to raise it up too. He was, he was okay. He was content with it. He had peace. And that's the peace that we're talking about when he's saying, peace I leave with you. 
Not as the world gives do I leave you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Well, I might as well. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, Debbie. You would rejoice. You would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does not come to pass, you may believe. Or that when it does come to pass, you may believe. He's talking to his disciples about leaving again. I'll no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father as the Father gave me commandment. So I do. Arise, let us go from here. I've got to go, I've got to leave, but I'm going to come back. And in the meantime, I want you to have my peace. I'm going to leave it for you. Now it's up to you. See, we, we think that everything has to, we think that everything in life has to be supernaturally given. And Jesus said, I'm going to leave you my peace. All you have to do is receive it. Well, how do I receive it? I, only thing I can tell you is don't worry about a thing. Every little thing <laughs> going to be all right. Right? My peace I leave with you. Amen. Not what the world gives. We, we look at the world for peace. We, we hope that the things in the world will change so that we can rest in our home, our nice little abode, and be at peace. Well, I got news for you. Newsflash, newsflash. The world doesn't offer you such peace. And when it appears to be that, it's temporal. God's peace is forever. I ain't, that ain't, ain't what I'm supposed to be preaching. Go to Luke. That ain't Luke. That's John. There's Luke. I knew he would find it. And I've actually got notes. It doesn't mean nothing. Don't mean a thing. It just means that I took some time to write some stuff on a piece of paper. That's all it means. So I'm going to see where God takes us this morning. Aren't you excited? I just didn't really know this morning. I just didn't really know. And then I seen her in the book. And then after I said, "Mm mm-hmm, yep. And then she got to put her two cents in, too. And I went, <laughs> here it goes. Here it goes. Because yesterday, I just I sang peace, peace, wonderful peace. Man, I don't even know all the words to it, Michelle. I was just singing it. I was just singing it and blessing the Lord and just excited that there was an opportunity that I could be surrounded by his peace. Nothing else in this world is going to give you anything that you can hang your hat on. Nothing. Nothing. Y'all ready? All right.
Let's dissect this. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13. I don't know whether I should read all the way through it. Maybe I'm going to read, but I'm just, I, never mind. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day. If you don't know what's taking place, that same day means nothing to you. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day. What day? The same day that Jesus had accomplished that in which he had already told his disciples and everybody else. I'm going to lay my life down and three days I'm going to bring it up. It's that day. Now, we got to understand something. They had just buried Jesus Christ. They had just hung him on the cross. And the disciples that were so focused and enamored by him that they were willing to leave family and jobs and everything and follow him, they had been given this hope. They had been given this, this understanding that, that Jesus was here. He was the Messiah. This was going to be the reigning king. They was expecting him to pull swords and go cut people up. That's what they were. They were looking for a new king. And this was going to be him. They had followed him for three and a half years. He had told them all about everything, all these good things about God and, and what this world, what this world can't give them, but what God and eternity has for them. He's told them all of this thing that I'm, I'm gonna give you a power. I'm gonna give you keys to the kingdom. You're gonna have authority. He told them all of this great stuff. And they watched this man that dared to say, I'm going to give you power and authority, die on a cross. I don't know about you, but that would probably cause me to think. Um, you're here to protect me and they just killed you. Or I'm going to give you the same power that I got. What power did you have? You just died on the cross. They just took all their hope. See, it's just like you and me. It's in the midst of the chaos and the confusion and the despair and the letdown. It's that same day. Here's the good part about that same day. Jesus showed up. In the midst of what they were going through. In the midst of them having all this trouble and confusion in their mind. And they didn't know which way was up. And they didn't know where to go and how to act and, and what to be anymore. The one that was leading them has left. And here they are. And it was the same day. It's the same moment when you think that there is nothing else left. God shows up. Can I tell you that in most cases, when your hands are completely tied and you can't do anything, that the probability of God showing up is greater. Why does he need to show up if you've got to have your hands all over it? You're messing it up. He's trying to get you to do... He's trying to get you to make beef stew for dinner, and you over here trying to work up some meatloaf. 
Why does he need to show up? But if you don't have no meat in the refrigerator, now you back up and go, we can't eat. And then voila. Right? Never mind. You See, you ain't never been hungry. You don't understand. You ain't never had to split hot dogs. See, when you've been down and out, baby, you have a tendency to rejoice in the little things. Come on. Did y'all share this? Y'all better better have shared it. I'm telling you. It was that same day. They were traveling to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Very important. Very important. You have to understand what is Jerusalem. Salem, Selah, peace. Jerusalem, the city of peace. They went seven miles away from Seven don't really mean a whole lot until you understand what seven is. What is seven? Seven means completion. What is that? That's the end, right? Oh, they had went to the end of their peace. They had traveled to the end of their peace. I mean, could, could you ever been there? Sure you have. Some of you probably sitting in it right now. You're setting in the end of your peace. You're not peaceful about anything. All you're concerned with is what's going to happen tomorrow or how the paycheck's going to pan out next week or if this is going to be okay or how is my health? Am I going to be all right? What's going on now? There might be some that's watching and you're worried You're worried about the marriage. You're worried about the kids and the home and you're worried about whether the car's going to get fixed or you're out of your peace. You've traveled to the end of your peace. When, you're, when you begin to... Oh, stop it and just stay on target this morning. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and, and reasoned. Come on, have you... <laughs> Boy... If I didn't think you'd get mad at me, I'd just start picking you out the crowd. And I'd just start telling you, because I know that you're a reasonable person. You're always wanting to reason things out. Oh, come on. Don't don't make me come and grab you by the hand and make you stand up. Just go ahead and go like this, because you won. We, we like to reason things out. Why is this happening? And, and what if this doesn't go along? And what, what if this is taking place? And that's what they're doing right now. They're, they're reasoning all the things that has happened in their life and everything that they stand in right now. And they're talking about it to one another. Boy, don't you know misery loves company. You better watch who you're talking to when you're getting down. Huh? When, when you're getting down in your, in your hope and, and in your peace, you better, you better be careful who you dial up. My kids call it the red phone. Daddy, get on the red phone. They call him daddy. They, they want daddy on the red phone. You, you better watch. He better be on speed dial. He better be on speed dial. 
I got ready to say number one, but Megan always says, Daddy, number one's always reserved for the voicemail. I, that, well, that's okay this morning because that's the voicemail I want to hear. I want to hear God repeat it over, that the peace I leave with you, I, I want to hear that. But they're reasoning together. Who are you reasoning with in your life? Over your problems and over, your, over the COVID and, 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 and over jobs and, and over vaccines and over... Who, who are you reading? What, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? Yeah. Who are you talking to? What are you talking about? We have to be careful in what we discuss with one another. Now, I'm not saying that you can't take... Oh, I better not take my problem pastor because he's going to persecute me. It ain't, it, it, it's not that. See, there's a difference. You're going to come to pastor with your problem. Pastor's going to listen for a minute. Then pastor going to brush your knees off. And he's going to say, stand up, brother. We got something to do for the kingdom. And God said, as long as we'll keep our eyes on him, every little thing going to be all right. So I'm not going to persecute you. Now, see, if you want to stay in the hole, you might not want to come talk to me. Because I'm not going to get in the hole with Debbie Will. She'll jump in the hole with you. I don't know how she's going to stay in there now, but I think I've seen a switch. But she'll jump in the hole with you. She'll be down there for a little while. I'm not. I'm going to jump there and grab by the hand and say, stand up. We got to go. <laughs> Dairy Queen about to close. And Jesus himself drew near. Oh, are y'all, do y'all read the book when you read it? I mean, in the, middle of, in the middle of all my problems, Jesus draws near to me. Not, not, see, this reminds me, this, this takes me back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That when Jesus drew near, it wasn't before they entered. He didn't let them go through it by themselves. They were in the midst of the fire and Jesus showed up. Look, it's all in what you're looking for in your problem. When we stare and focus and meditate on our problem, we have a tendency to take God from what God is and we reduce him to what we assume that he's not in our life at the moment. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm telling you that you have released God out of heaven. You've brought him into your problem. And your problem has now become bigger than him. And God has no authority over your problem. But if you leave him sitting on the throne, if, uh, the throne of your life, if he, is, if he maintains his authority and becomes Lord of your life, if you allow him to sit on that throne, through all tribulation, through all turmoil, through all despair, through all letdown, through all betrayal, through all bitterness, through all offense. If you let him sit on that throne, he is still God over everything. And that is the peace. That's the peace that we want. But we have this tendency. We want everybody else to be drugged down with us and we're going to discuss all the matters at hand. And when Jesus shows up, look what happens. Are you all paying attention this morning? God's trying to give you some peace because you need peace. Peace. 
You, you, don't, you don't need results from the doctor. You need peace. Jesus himself drew near and went to them. Boy, even in your ugliness, even in your rotten, stinking thinking, Jesus will come to where you're at. He said that while we were yet sinners, <laughs> he died. Even when we was in, we stunk, we smelled bad, we, we were ugly. Everything about us was just tore up from the floor up, and Jesus still died for us. He met us right where we were. Now, that don't mean that just because, uh-oh, I got you, religion. I'm really good. I'm, I'm full this morning. Just because Jesus met you where you were doesn't mean that he condones what you've done. That means, oh, when Jesus meets you where you are, that's a high sign of him telling you that this ain't the place for you, baby. I got something new for you. The Bible says that whoever accepts Christ is now, whoa, he is now a new creation. All things pass away. Let me get back to the sermon. Man, this is good stuff. I love it when he just dissects and I got lines and circles and double lines. And <laughs> he drew near and went with them. See, he doesn't just, oh, this is another, oh, thank you. This is so awesome, man, because he already knows that in our little finite ways and our finite minds, he already knows that we still going to be jacked up along the way. He still knows we're going to take a step off the path. That's why he's coming with. He said he went with them. He said, oh, I know where you're going. I'm going with you. Huh? Man, aren't you glad that you serve a God that's willing to take the walk, baby? He's already been there, done that, and he's ready to take you too. Oh, I know I'm preaching better. I know I'm preaching better. But their eyes, here's what happened. But their eyes were restrained. See what happens? When you focus on your life more than you focus on God, when you focus on your problems more than you focus on his love, huh? Do you, do you see what? You, your eyes become restrained. This is, look, they had walked with him for three and a half years. Don't you think they should know him? That's right. He was talking to them. That was talking to them. And they didn't even know who he was. You've been with the man for three and a half years and you don't recognize him? This is why. You focused on your problem. You're broken down in despair. Life has gone away from you. And you're just figuring out now, what do I do for tomorrow? How can I change my life tomorrow? And the whole time he's walking beside you and listening to you, he, oh, here's the part that y'all don't like. Because he said to them, what kind of conversation is that that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? He just wants to know, what, what, what you talking It ain't like he don't already know. <laughs> but he asked, what, what, what are you talking about? Why, why are you sad? What's going, watch this. 
then the one whose name was Cleopas, that, this should have been Peter, because Peter always has this way of just blabbing before he thinks. This should have been Peter, not Cleopas. I think this is a typo. <laughs> Probably not. But the ones whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, check this out. Are you the only stranger? <laughs> Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? Well, what had happened was, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Let me, church, if you're viewing, let me tell you something. Once you recognize Jesus as Lord, uh, that should be your reference every time you speak to him. You cannot let your circumstances to allow you to decrease him in your life. Look, it happens. This is a disciple that had walked with him for three and a half years. That had been around all of his teachings. And he said the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Who was a prophet. Mighty indeed and word before God and all people. When you begin to recognize with the carnal mind of who Jesus was in your life, that is who he will be in your life now. Jesus was not just a prophet, he wasn't just a priest. He was Lord of Lord. Amen. Come on, we talked about this. We talked, this is why he couldn't do any work in his own village. Because they recognized him as a man. They said, who is this man? But then he crossed over to the centurion. And the centurion, which was a Gentile, and didn't really, was a non-believer in the eyes of the Sadducees and everybody else. But he said, Lord, look what it done. Look at the difference it caused in the centurion's life. It allowed God to speak a word and healed his servant. If you're not willing to allow God to have rain, you'll never experience God any different. You'll experience him the same way you did the last time you experienced him because that's where you're holding Jesus is king. Amen. He is Lord. Yes. He is not a prophet. Good indeed. He is king. But you got to be careful. Man, I had a good note on here somewhere, I thought. Never mind. It don't even matter anymore, I don't think.
who was a prophet mighty indeed and, a word, and, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to the death and crucified him. We better be careful. Can I tell you just because the Pope says it's okay doesn't make it okay. Just because you've got governors and politicians signing things into bills doesn't mean it's okay. Come on, church. See, I ain't scared about it. I mean, y'all can retract if you want to. I ain't scared about it. I'm telling you now. I know because Philippians says. I think on his things. I look in his things. If his thing says it's a sin, guess what it is? Facebook, YouTube, it's a sin. Whether you want to hear that or not, whether you want to agree with it or not, you ain't got to take up nothing with me. Don't, don't be mad at me. I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's the big thing. Don't shoot the messenger. Take it to Abba Father. And if you can convince him that what he said is wrong, then y'all two have at it. Good luck. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him over to be condemned to death and crucified. But, but we, we were hoping. Oh man, we were hoping. Isn't it amazing that when everything in your life is going okay. Boy, it's a chugga, chugga, chugga. We can do this thing, right? Life is good. We moving along. Every little thing going to be all right. We said, why is that song stuck in there this morning? It's just stuck in there. But isn't it easy when life has nothing to, nothing to offer you outside of, outside of your plans? See, when, when your plans are going as planned, everything is okay. And it's easy to have hope. See, when you first accept Christ into your life inside a church, building or wherever and you've got people around you that love God the same way you do boy it's easy to say I'm a Christian it's easy to walk like I'm a Christian it's easy to talk like I'm a Christian it's easy to act like I'm a Christian but when we get outside into the world everything don't line up well maybe this God thing's not right I've tried that once before. It didn't work out. Maybe this Jesus thing. Maybe, maybe this Jesus thing is just a bit over the top. I mean, after all. If he was who you're saying he is, I wouldn't be experiencing what I'm experiencing. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have gone through a divorce. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have lost a child to sickness. I wouldn't have gone through this at work. I wouldn't have gone through this with my health. If, if, God, if God was really, come on, y'all ain't never, oh, wait, wait, wait. Y'all ain't never been there before. You ain't never really sat back and said, well, all right, now God, now listen. I'm, I know, but God... There's still babies being aborted. And you said, now God, now maybe, just, just maybe, just maybe, somebody has taken this a little too far. Oh, you've never done that, right? You, you've never really second 
guessed whether or not your faith was what it should be or who your faith was in was really who you thought he should. Well, you never, you ain't never been there. You holier than thou. You should be teaching. Because I've done it. I've sat down and scratched my head and go, God, wait a minute. Way too young to be taken out of this world. Why did you allow it? This ain't lining up like you said it was going to line up. What? Well, the pastor told us that, well, there's your problem. You better be like the Beridians. You better know what's in that word. You better check it for yourself. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you to check me. Because I ain't got it. I ain't got it all together. See, you can't go and you can't go home and tell your husband, well, pastor missed this one, but he, he think he right. No, uh-uh, no. If you don't bring the pastor's attention, then guess what? Pastor, nine times out of ten, I ain't got a clue what I've said during service. Nine times out of ten. Ain't because I got a bad memory. There's just sometimes, I just don't remember. And I'm just going. And sometimes what I'm hearing may not be what I say because what I heard was filtered in something jacked up. Y'all don't have that problem either, right? Man, why are y'all so holy this morning? Y'all come in here with clean filters and everything this morning. My filter been dusty and dirty. We need maintenance, baby. That's why the Bible says renew your mind. You need maintenance. You got to, you got to get the filter fixed. You got to change the filter. Dirty filters don't help your, don't help your, uh, your, your HVAC stuff. You, you got you to change them things out. You know, they, they recommend you change them out every like two or three months. So you, I'm, I'm encouraging you to do it every day. <laughs> change it. Where was I? We were hoping. We, we were hoping then when everything was moving along and he was still in charge and he was still talking about it and he was still leading us along the way. We were hoping then, but now he, he ain't here. He didn't died. He's not here. He gone. I mean, this is why Jesus done a rebuke. He said, but we, we were hoping that, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. He, he just did. Did he not do exactly what he said he was going to do? I mean, come on, keep reading this and listen. Indeed, besides all this, but besides, besides, <laughs> uh, well, we, we miss God right in our face. They said, besides all this, besides we thought he was going to be, and besides we thought this was going to, and we besides, besides all of that, today's the third day.
Duh! They said, besides all of that stuff, today's the third day. He should be out here with us. He said he was going to rise from the dead. He should be here. And we don't even see him. Hello? He said, yes. And, and certain women, I mean, they just keep digging themselves a hole. Besides all this, today's the third day. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. That's weak back men. Man, you're supposed to be the carrier of your house. Don't you leave us up to women? I'm not saying women don't have a part. I'm just telling you, men, you better not leave us up to women. You better take your role. You better put on your priestly garb. And you better lead this house. But they astonished us when they did not find his body. Okay. I, I need to read through all this to make sure I'm understanding and make sure that we're all on the same page. And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one that was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they also had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Duh! He said, I'll lay my life down. I'm going to make, I'll rise it, I'll raise it again in three days. The women go down because they still sleeping. Uh-oh, see, I done caused myself problems in my house because she going to get up now and go, ain't you supposed to be up before me? Don't you twist it. Don't you dare twist it. Where's my anointing oil? They went through all of this. And the women told, he ain't there. And there was angels outside the tomb, in the tomb, and they said, hey, he ain't here. Matter of fact, some of the verbiage actually said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He ain't here. He's gone. He's risen. He is alive. Yeah. Duh. And we still going to walk out of our peace. How many of you are continually walking out of your peace, knowing that he's still king of kings? And Lord, that he's alive forevermore. And we continuously walk out of our peace. I told you I wasn't going to pick on you. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said.
But sir, we're the only two ignorant people <laughs> that have decided to take all facts that stand right now and says he's alive and we just leave him because he ain't there. We can't see. <laughs> we can't see him. Even though he's standing there. Even though he said, hey, hey, I don't want you to do that. I need you to do He's talking to us, and we're still walking out of a piece. Scripture says that the things that we see, we no longer have to hope for. Jesus didn't want to break it yet. He's going, oh, come on. He said, we we had hoped. We did hope. We were hoping. We used to hope. But we've lost that hope because he's not there. We can't see him. And Jesus is going, man, I'm standing right here. I I want to show you. I want to tell you to touch. But if I do that, then you don't have to hope anymore. And uh uh-oh, Hebrews 1, Hebrews 11, 1, sorry. Huh? What is faith? It's the substance of things. Hopeful. See, you can't have faith without having hope. Jesus said, no, wait a minute. The only way you're going to be able to enter is with faith. So I don't want to take your hope from you. I want to read... I want to rekindle the fire. Yeah. I want to rekindle the fire. So what, what does Jesus do? I love it in a nice, polite way. Are y'all, y'all okay? Yeah. Y'all need a Starbucks or something? <laughs> Did you just turn your Starbucks up, girl? All right, I'm going to get on back down here. Debbie, Debbie, pay attention up here, up here. <laughs> I love this church because I can just be free. Free. <laughs> then he said to them, I love it, boy. I love it. Because, see, now you, you have to understand something now. He has not gone to the Father and yet been glorified, which means that. The spirit in which he was going to send to us, one likened unto himself, one just like him that the father had promised that he was going to send. I'm going to tell the father, send him. It ain't happened yet. So Jesus has to take it on that role right now to be the convictor. Oh, you listening? Pay attention. Just look. Now Jesus rebuked. See, what you, have, what you have now is the Holy Spirit rebukes you. See, we take rebuke bad. Proverbs actually says that I think something about taking rebuke, and it's for the wiser or something. Who's a Proverbs guy? You read Proverbs a lot? I, I, I'm in and out of it. But anyway, he 
looked at them and rebukes them. He's trying to get them to change direction. See? Redirection. Told you it was still in the it was still in it was still in it. Look what he says to him. He's he's so much kinder than I. He's a little bit easier. He's a he's a he's a little more palatable. Then he said to them, Oh foolish ones. <laughs> See, now you gotta understand. See, you wasn't here Wednesday. Don't understand what the foolish means in the Greek. In the New Testament, foolish is talk is not talking so much of your of your IQ. Foolishness is talking about you being stubborn. <laughs> you bunch of stubborn people. You, how much? I could just oh, I could just. Remember that time that he looked at the disciples and said, how much longer do I have to tend with you? Y'all remember that? I, I, just, I just see this repeating. He said, thank God I'm going away. Because y'all not getting it. Then he said to them, oh foolish, oh stubborn ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Why are you so stubborn? Why aren't you listening? Why aren't you paying attention? They told you what was going to happen. It has taken place exactly like Isaiah had laid it out. A lamb being led to slaughter. Isaiah broke it down for you and showed you all of it. And this has come to pass. And here you stand with the one that's risen. And you're looking at me like a deer in a headlight. You don't even know what's going on. And you decided to walk away from your peace. You foolish ones, stop being so stubborn. Accept the fact that you're not God. And on the other hand, accept the fact that God is God. And beginning... Oh, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Shouldn't Christ have gone through this? Because this is what the word said. And if the word said it, it's true. And it has to come to pass. If God speaks it, it, it absolutely, 100%, certainly has to come to pass. If he spoke it. It has to come. It cannot deviate. It has to be line for line. It has to be jot for tittle. And beginning at Moses, I love it. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now think about this for just one minute. I know a lot of good preachers that can really express and unfold the word of God in such a way it blows my mind. And I just, I get excited sometimes. But can you imagine the word unfolding the word You get me. 
Can you, can you imagine Jesus Christ, which was the Word, John 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Can you imagine Jesus himself describing himself? through all the prophets from Moses on, and how he unfolded the truths. He was building hope again. Unveiling the word. Don't you remember? Did you forget? Let me remind you. Don't you believe? Shouldn't you hope? Where's your faith? I'm he. I mean just, uh-oh. Okay, so is this just me? Is this just me? After hearing him express himself, don't you think maybe that they should have caught on somewhere and said, whoa, you know an awful lot about this guy that we talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just me. I was like, were these guys that stupid? I mean, Jesus himself just expressed himself. And they're still looking at him. And yet, they still don't see him. How many times does God have to wink at you before you begin to see him in your life? See, we want the, we want the grand. God wants you to see him in it all. But we don't think God's in it if it doesn't just. We walk away from it. We're almost finished. Just relax. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Y'all remember in verse 13? Two of them were traveling. They were on their way to the end of their peace. Oh, they were on their way to the end of it. And Jesus walked with them all the way through it in hopes to rekindle another hope. And then when they got there, they drew near to the village where they were going. You were on your way out. You were about to walk away from God, faith. You was about ready to leave it all because of a circumstance, because of a situation, because of an issue. You was standing at ringside with the white towel in your hand, whipping it in circles and ready to toss the towel. And Jesus was with you the whole way. He walked along the whole way. He walked along encouraging you and building hope again and trying to get you to see 
And he indicated that he would go on farther. Something must have happened. They got hungry for the word. They still ain't recognizing. They just knew something was different. Have you figured that out yet? Don't you just know that there's just something different in you? There's something different in how you walk now. There's something different in how you're thinking now. There's something different in, in how you're reacting now. There's, there's something different in how you're acting out now. There, there's something different. There's something different. You, re- you don't really know what it is, but you kind of like it and you kind of don't. But you just don't know for sure. But the last thing you want to do is let go of it right now because you, you, you think that something's about to turn the corner. Something's about to happen. It's like giving up on your spouse. You, you, you're right there at the man. You want to throw in the towel. You want to kick out the house. You gone. But something causes you to hold on. Maybe things are turning. Man, if if I quit now and they turn, I'm gonna miss it. I, I, maybe I need to. Okay, I'll just stay. One more year. (laughs) I'll even try to be deceptive to the kids and sleep in the same room. But I'm done. But I'm going to hang out because I'm (laughs) just. Look at what they did. But they constrained him. Man, God wants you to get a hold to him in such a way that he can't fight loose. Man, we should be holding on to him with our life. Don't you dare let go of him. He's got something in store for you. He's about ready to break something off of you or to break you through something. And if you let go of him now, don't let go of him now. I know it hurts. I know it hurts, Israel, but I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. Don't let go of him. Constrain him. Hold around him. Your hope is still there. Hold him. Don't let him go. I mean, these guys even became wise as serpents, gentle as a dove, because they offered him in for something to eat. They done walked seven miles. They know the man's hungry. Why don't you come in and sit down and eat with us? Right? They constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's it's even towards evening. See, you don't walk at nighttime. Just you stay here. You can just hang out with us. By the way, what was that you were saying out of Jeremiah? <laughs> and he went in to stay with them. Oh boy, there's something good. They invited him. And his response. Come on, y'all reading the same verses I'm reading. They invited him. And he went in to stay with them. I might come back to that in just a minute. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them. 
that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Now, here... You got to understand Jewish custom. You don't go into their house and grab their bread, put your hands on their bread, and break it and pass it to no one. The man, king of that castle, you're a guest. Woo! <laughs> this is what happened. They went from being a Christian to being a disciple. Let me show you. Let me show you. They, you got to understand, the whole time Jesus was he was always inviting people. The tables turned. Redirection. The tables turned. They invited him now. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on up in here. They invited Jesus in. He came in. Then he said, okay. You going to let me come in? How much room were you going to give me? Let me grab hold this bread. Let me check your temperature. Huh? Come on, see. Oh, wait a minute. I'll break it down further for you. It is one thing to invite Christ into your life. It is another thing to let God have control. <laughs> you can invite him in all day long, brother, but if you contend to walk your way all the time and just bring him along with you, that's what I call Christian. Now, you might go to heaven and everything's good, and I'm happy for you. Glad, I'm excited. I want to ride the same bus with you. But while we're here, see, I want to do something a little different. Because he gave me the keys. <laughs> I knew I could count on her. He gave me the keys to the kingdom. I want to see what door they go to, brother. That's right. How about you? How about you? You want to see what door they go to? You want to see what door they go to? I want to see what doors that these keys to the king. I want to see, I want to see if I put this key in this door, will it work? Because we don't ever know. There might be something behind there. Glory be to God. We might end up doing something. Huh? I want to have the keys to the kingdom here. I want to be able to enjoy life. Because he said, I came that you might have life and have it more. But well, I just I'm crazy enough to believe that. So I would just want to try out some of these keys. You might get mad at me because I'll be standing in front of one door going through 15,000 keys, but you're just going to wait your turn. <laughs> right? It's one thing to invite him in, Dennis. That's fine and all good. Man, he was there. But they, turn, they turned themselves around. They transformed immediately. They went from being just a Christian... Oh, it's just a foreshadow. It's just a little symbology. I, but just follow with me. They went from just asking him to come in. They asked him to rule. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. 
And that's the only way that he'll ever be revealed to you in the manner in which he intends to reveal himself is when you allow him to take the will, when you allow him to have control in your life. It wasn't until he got the bread and he broke the bread that their eyes were enlightened. They saw him. They seen him. They watched how he broke the bread. Don't you know that there ain't but one person that can break bread like Jesus? He grabbed the bread off the table and he broke the bread. And when they saw him break the bread. Come on, let's just finish some of the story. He took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. Boy, don't you know it's hard sometimes to eat what God gives you. <laughs> it could be something bad. <laughs> then their eyes were open. And they knew him. My God, Saint, listen to me. Stop walking a watered-down Christianity. Stop thinking that this is all that life has to offer me. Stop believing that what you're going through right now is what you'll go through. Look up here for the rest of your life. God's got something for you. It is there. And all he wants you to do is allow him to have the authority in your life. Because that's what you need. You need authority to run the house. You don't need power. Power doesn't run the house. I tried that. It didn't work out very well. Now authority, total different deal. Because I ain't got to say it twice. I can say it once and it's good. We done. Sometimes I don't even have to say it. It's different. It's different. But when we allow him to have authority in our life, then, 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 Michelle, he begins to break the bread. And as he breaks the bread, we begin to recognize him again. And we see him in a different light. We've been walking with him for three and a half years. We decided that we was going away because life didn't present him in the manner in which he said it would be presented. So we left and we walked out of our, we took a voyage out of our peace. We began to walk life out the way we wanted to walk it. We stepped on the cobblestones with our old nasty sandals, broken down feet and toenails all jacked up, getting hung up in the, boy, can you imagine a big old long toenail getting hung in the cobblestone and snap break? Anyway, I just, just my, my way of thinking. They didn't have manicure and pedicures then. But when we allow him to begin breaking bread in our life, we begin to recognize him differently. We begin to experience something different now. See, I don't know about I don't I don't want to go to heaven knowing him. The same way that I knew him when I first met him. That's right. That's right. I'm already going to be mad, Dennis. Because other people are going to be standing up and going, God, I'm glad you let me put my hands on that dead person and raise them from the dead. I'm already going to be mad because I'm going, I ain't never done that. I'd be mad. But don't you know he wants you to? Yeah. Come on, 
Don't you know he wants you to minister? And speak life into people? He is after you more than you're after him. They, the Bible actually says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. It, that literally means to tackle you, to run you over. That ain't just following behind all submissive. <laughs> His goodness and mercy. Boom! See, I love it, man. Knock me over. Knock me out, God! See, y'all ain't never listened to, what was that, Clower? Who's that guy? That, that old comedian, crazy nutcase. He used to talk about, knock them out, John! There was some, they were coon hunting something up in a tree. And they, some, one of us needs some relief. Yeah, never mind. That's what I'm doing to God. I'm going to knock me out, God! Run over me! Man, do something to me that hasn't been done yet. Open up a door that's been locked on me. Calls me to see you different. Pastor, you're a little over the top. I don't know what you drank this morning. Water. Living water. Take a drink of this, you'll never thirst again. That's the kind of water I want to drink. And their eyes were, oh boy, just as quick as he showed them, he left. He vanished. <laughs> I ain't got time. I ain't got time. And they said to one another, did... Oh, you foolish ones, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Whoop. I just can't get over that. Y'all remember the first time he'd done that? In the tabernacle where he took the scrolls? And said, the anointing of God is upon me. The spirit of God is upon me. He has sent me to preach. Whew. Never mind. So they rose up. This is what, this is what's going to happen. Huh, what happened? Where did we go? Huh, what happened? That ain't, that ain't. There you go. Whew, scared me. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour. And another translation said, they rose immediately. And returned. To Jerusalem. And they found the eleven. And those who were. 
with him. I really didn't want to go this far. I'm scared I'm going to keep preaching. And those who were with him, they gathered together saying, the Lord is risen. Oh boy, don't you know that when you actually understand who God is in your life and he has revealed himself to you in a manner that he has never revealed himself before and now all of a sudden you've gone from woe, despair, and agony on me. You've gone from that to hope and joy and love and laughter and dancing and singing and shouting and you're sharing it with everybody. You're letting everybody know who the king of kings are or is. Don't correct me on my grammar. The Lord is risen indeed and he has appeared (laughs) and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. They rose immediately and returned to their peace. They realized that where they were was the end of their peace. And it took Christ to reveal himself that would cause them to have the desire and the hope again to return to their peace. Isn't it strange how Jesus told the twelve and his other disciples to go to Jerusalem And don't leave until the power (laughs) had subdued. Why? The Holy Spirit's not going to come and settle down. Oh, I can't tell you all that because that's going to be Wednesday night, the promise. But the Holy Spirit can't come and land on rough water. A dove's not going to stay. There has to be peace. You got to be in such a peace that not even a rock thrown in your pond is going to create any waves. There has to be a peace. They go back and they tell them all what's going on, what happened. Maybe that's what God's telling you. You venture too far out from your peace. Oh, you you recognized him at first. When everything in your life was going well. But something had a hiccup. Now everything in your life is opposite of what you thought he promised and you begin to walk it out your way fixing it your way doing things your way you're getting further and further and further from the peace that he leaves you you've got to fix that you have to change that there's 
we're in that season. I'm telling you now, that was a word. That was a word on redirection. And we can't, we can't even do church like we used to do church. We have to change it. Thank God for change. <laughs> Dear God in heaven, thank you for change. Life isn't what it was two years ago. Right. You're going to have to understand that. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do about it? Right. You're going to keep fighting it and worrying and complaining and griping and moaning? Or are you going to find the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and people go look at you and go, how can you just sit there because I got the peace of God? Well, I don't understand it. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to take his peace. 